Brooks, uh, a lot of young kids are coming out for baseball. And if you were a coach and they're trying out for a third base, would there be, in, in your mind, a general height and weight that you think might be best for a third baseman? I don't think there's any particular uh, height or weight, you know, for a third baseman. Uh, you know, I, I signed as the second baseman when I first started playing professionally, and they moved me to third base. And the only reason they moved me to third base is because they felt like I didn't have the range maybe to play second or short for a long uh, number of years, and they thought third base would be my best position. So, you know, I just uh, I think it's good for a kid, if he's an infielder, to learn to play all the positions and maybe the... Uh, how fast he is or how much ground he uh, covers probably or how good his arm is will determine, you know, what position he's going to be in the infield. But there's not any really uh, weight or height, you know, a certain weight or height he should be, I don't think. Okay. Is there a particular kind of glove that a young third baseman should use? In other words, they go into a store and mom and dad asks the boy uh, what kind of a glove he wants to buy and he starts to hesitate and wonder. I don't think there's any uh, particular glove. Uh, all the gloves are just about the same, I guess, as the ones we use in the big leagues, the Rawlings, Spallings, Wilson, McGregor, and, and really, uh, I just, I don't like a, a real big glove. My glove, I guess, is about medium size, but it's not the, the biggest one by any means, because I think a kid, ought to, I got fairly small hands, but I, when I get a big glove, I just can't feel the ball in there a lot of times, and I do like the glove to fit as close to, like a regular glove, you know, you'd put on during the winter time. And that's why I can't use a real big glove because uh, I just uh, don't have the good feel to it. So I would say that, you know, if you're a shortstop or a second baseman, maybe a smaller glove. Mark Belanger uses a very small glove mainly because uh, you're always in a hurry to get rid of the ball quick, you know, and using a small glove, you can get it out of there uh, much easier. But at third base, uh, I use a medium-sized glove. And it really, you know, just depends on what kind you're brought up on, I guess. But I like when it's not uh, real big and not real small. All right, again, we're, we're talking about youngsters. What would you recommend as far as putting the entire hand in the glove or not? Well, I think a kid ought to put the entire hand in the glove. I play with one finger out now, mainly because uh, it's just a habit I got into. Uh, up till about four or five years ago, I used to have my whole hand in the glove, but I had a bone bruise for a while, and, and I had to play uh, with a kind of a pad on it, and also putting my finger outside the glove uh, relieved the pain when I caught the ball, and I got it. it when I tried to put the hand back in the glove after my bone bruise had uh, got well, well, it just didn't feel right. So I've been playing with one finger out ever since. But I don't think it uh, really makes that much difference uh, whether it's in or out. It's just, uh, I'd say, up to the kid, really. Okay. What kind of a stance should they get into just before the pitcher is ready to release the ball? And I'm talking about their feet, whether they should be staggered, parallel, and whether their hand should be high or low. There's no, not one uh, set position a kid could be, uh, should be in. I think all the, the infielders, if you watch them, have different stance as the ball goes across the home, as the ball goes across home plate. I like to try to be, I think a kid should try to be uh, up on his toes, not back on his heels. If there's, you know, you could say that. But as far as, I think every kid has to find out how he gets to jump on the ball best. In other words, some guys might be moving, some guys might be standing still, but up on the ball through the feet. I like to have some kind of movement. Uh, when I'm playing uh, third base. In other words, when, it, when I'm looking in at the hitter and the ball's going across the home plate and he's starting his swing, I really like to be moving a little, you know, up, like uh, not any particular way, not uh, left or right, you know, but just kind of moving, have a little forward movement so I will be in the swing of things if he does hit the ball. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, you always hear about kids, uh, uh, men, people, coaches say, well, you got to concentrate to be a good hitter. Well, there's a lot of concentration that goes into being a good fielder. You've got to, you've got to study the hitter. You've got to watch him swing. 
and by watching him swing and watching him swing the bat, and if you're really concentrated on him, a lot of times you can just see where he's going to hit the ball almost. And as you know, it's, most of the time it's just a matter of a couple inches or a half a foot of whether you get the ball or not. It's a, a reflex action most of the time, especially at third base. And so there is a lot of concentration that goes into being a good fielder. And the reason I know this is because sometimes I might miss the ball, you know, and I, and I, I say, well, I should have had that ball. You know, sometimes you don't get the ball if you feel like you should. And you'll think back, well, what were you thinking about, you know, and you'll find out your mind was wandering someplace else instead of really concentrating on the hitter and watching him swing the bat. So you have to concentrate, too, to be, uh, to be a good infielder. Great. All right, now, since the hitters are unknown to the kids who are playing third base, what or where, in general, would you tell a young third baseman to play for a right-handed hitter and then for a left-handed hitter? I think uh, I play, uh, normally if I didn't know anybody, I would probably play him uh, probably five five to six yards off the third baseline and probably uh, five or six yards, well, I'd say four or, five, four or five yards behind the bag, you know. And uh, I think that uh, this this is a, about normal, I guess, and uh, it doesn't take, you, take them too long to find out who can run and who can't run, you know, but I would say that's just about... Uh, normal as far as where I would be playing a, a, a hitter. Most of the balls that is going to be hit to third base are going to be hit to the left of you anyway, the majority of them, because you only got, you know, if you're playing for five or six yards off of third base, you've only got that much territory where a ball is going to be fair. So uh, most of the majority of the balls are going to be hit to the left side of you. And it's the same way in the outfield. The majority of balls are going to be hit to left center and right center. They're not going to be right down each line. So that's why uh, why you have a, like a center fielder and a left fielder, and they kind of bunch, you know, towards the, the middle of the diamond. How would you teach a youngster at third base to play ground balls that are hit, first of all, directly at them? I think the most important thing in uh, infielding is getting a glove down on the ground. And uh, in other words, uh, anytime a ball is hit, as soon as you get a line on it or in front of it, just put your glove on the ground. Now, this might seem awkward at first, but it's uh, that should be your first uh, mo first thing the ball is hit to you is get your glove. Just drop your glove all the way to the ground because it's much easier you know, to come up on a ball and uh, than it is to, to go down at the last second. And most of the balls that I miss or any kid misses uh, usually goes under him, you know, because he does, it's for one thing, he doesn't have his glove down. So uh, as soon as the ball is hit, I just try to get my glove on the ground almost uh, instantly, you know, as soon as I get in front of it. Now, there's going to be some balls that you got to catch off to the left of you or backhand or things like this. But as soon as the ball is hit and you get a line on it, I'd say just get your glove down and leave it there. And like I say, it might be awkward at first, but if you do it a lot and really get in the habit of it, it really, uh, that's, the, the only thing uh, that an infielder should do is just drop his glove on the ground and leave it there. If the ball comes up, we'll come up with it. If it doesn't come up, we'll, you know, leave, you, you, you got your glove there and try to catch the ball out in front of you as much as you possibly can. All right, Brooks, as you said before, the range isn't that great left and right. So therefore, balls hit to your left and right. Would you recommend the crossover step or the step with the lead foot? There's been a lot of talk uh, about which is best, you know. And I like the, you know, the, the crossover step because most of the time when a kid picks, his, say the ball's hit to the left, when he does pick his foot up, his left foot up, he just almost puts it down in the same spot every time, you know. If he was going to take the great big step to the left, well, it'd be different. But uh, watching a lot of kids and watching even guys here, if you, and you know, when you pick your left foot up, you almost put it down in the same spot, so you really haven't accomplished anything. So I would say try to get in the habit of trying to. You know, the crossover step to go after the ball. All right, now throws over to first base. 
Uh, what do you? How, what would you recommend? What would you tell a kid as far as throws over there? The wind-up throw or the, the the quick release where they just bring it back and, and let go? And what would dictate it? Well, what dictated is making sure you get the runner. You know, it's not them making do with how you get it over there. Just make sure you get it over there before the runner gets there. And I would say infielders have to learn to throw from all positions. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my throws, I'd say 80% of them or 90% of them would probably be three-quarter overhand. You can get more on the ball by throwing three-quarters and overhand than you can uh, if you throw sidearm. Because if you throw sidearm, most of the time the ball has a tendency to, to tail off. So I would say try to throw, uh, you know, uh, overhand as much as you can. I don't have a uh, as, as good an arm, say, as a guy like uh, Bando or Rodriguez or Cleet Boy used to have, but I do have a very quick release. But I, I think I, ha I think my arm has uh, gotten better over the years, mainly because I've uh, tried to strengthen it by throwing a lot, and uh, I think this can can help uh, a great deal to a kid who doesn't have a real strong arm is, is to throw a lot, you know, and just work on it, and, and you can make your arm uh, better and stronger. And uh, like you say, I think most of the time a kid should, should try to throw three quarters. All right, now, also releasing the ball, sometimes and quite often, as a matter of fact, a kid will come up with a sore arm because they feel that every throw they make has to be from that stationary position. Would you recommend that they work on picking up that ground ball and taking the hop toward first and then releasing it and giving them some momentum and help with that arm? Well, I think you almost have to. I very seldom uh, throw a ball, you know, from where I catch it, you know, and I always take the little crow hop and, uh, and throw because uh, you, you always got the time to do it. The only time you'd really stop and, uh, and throw without really moving would maybe be on a backhand throw, you know, where you stop and plant your foot and throw. You don't have time to plant your foot and then take the crow hop and throw, but so I would say almost every throw you catch, you should, uh, you know, get your motion going towards first base and then throw. And it makes it much easier like that. But I can see where a kid could have some arm problems by, you know, just throwing that one way all the time instead of going towards first base. The throw to second. Would you teach a boy to throw to a specific place out there or second base in general on the attempted double play? I'd have him throw to where the second baseman wants it most of the time. I, most of the, uh, all the second basemen I've played with almost, Gritch and, uh, and Johnson and Adair and fellas like that, always like the ball right over the bag on the inside part and, you know, up because they can handle it better. So when you're working on uh, something, just find out where the, uh, you know, where the second baseman likes to throw. But I would say almost invariably every one of them like it on the inside part of the bag and also uh, up a little, you know, where they can get rid of it quick. All right, playing the bunt now. And a number of kids have asked this. They say they wonder, like, when should they start making their move toward the batter when it's obvious that there, it is a bunt situation? I would say uh, in an obvious bunt situation where the guy you know is going to be bunting, well, you, you're going to be playing You're going to be playing up anyway. You're not going to be playing right, way back, you know. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it. You should run down his throat, but you should be, you know, uh, anticipate him turning around and bunting the ball. And as soon as he makes any kind of movement uh, to bunt the ball, that's when you should break. There's very few guys who can turn around and fake a bunt and then hit the ball, you know. And if they do that, well, you've got to get them credit because it's just a good play. But you don't see too many guys here in the big leagues. I can't think of maybe once or twice in my whole life that it's happened here in the big leagues. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, in kid ball, in kid ball, uh, I would say they probably wouldn't do it a, a whole lot either. But uh, I would say as soon as he turns around, well, you should you know, kind of make your move and, and go get the ball. All right, now, uh, your job, if the ball is bunted and you cannot pick it up, someone else, either the pitcher or the catcher, what does the third baseman do then? 
Well, if he's if he is in there with everybody else, he's going to tell the guy where to throw or, or try to help him, you know, because mm -hmm. there's nobody covering third base. So yeah. you've got to. He knows he's he knows he's either going to get he's got to try to get one. What you don't want to do is not get anybody in that situation. You always want to get somebody out when a ball is bunted. Not, no matter what base you have to throw to, but if, if all three of you are in there, well, you just got to help the guy and tell him, try to help him uh, where to throw the ball. Okay, now pop-wise, around that infield, which ones do you say that the third baseman should attempt to catch? I, it just depends on uh, where the ball is. I think the biggest mistake that most kids make is that they holler too soon. As soon as the ball goes up, they start hollering, and they don't wait to see where the ball is going to be, and that's a mistake they make. So we don't have any, any set rule as to who's going to take what. Uh, I try to take all the pop flies towards home plate that I possibly can. The shortstop tries to take all balls back up third base because it, it's a little easier play for them because on pop flies, uh, uh, the catcher, the ball goes up and, it, and it, it's coming back towards, after it starts its descent, it's coming back towards the infield, which would be coming back towards me if I'm, so I try to help the catchers out all I possibly can. But on balls around the, the pitcher's mound, I think everybody tries to go after it and they make up their mind as soon as they see just where the ball is. But the big thing is, on a pop fly, a lot of times our pitchers start yelling, uh, Brooks, 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 and, then, and when the ball ends up, it's way over by second yes, base. Yes. So we try to tell them to be quiet and let us make, and we'll make up our mind who's going to take it because the biggest thing is not to yell too soon. Wait till you see where the ball is before you uh, make up your mind who's going to take it. That's a good tip. Very good. I like that. Now, we've talked a lot about the techniques of the game at third base. You're talking right now, Brooks, to an awful lot of youngsters who are playing third base, and they think a lot of themselves as a Brooks Robinson. What advice, other than technical, would you like to give them right now as they're listening to you? Well, I think that uh, most boys feel like they have to have a, a lot of ability to get to the big leagues, but uh, there's only very few guys in this game you know, that can really do it all. In other words, have 100% of ability. Guys like, well, Mickey Mantle when he was playing, Clemente when he was alive, uh, uh, Hank Aaron is a, a super ball player, but uh, there's very few guys, and there's probably four or five guys in the American League, four or five guys in the National League who can really do it all. The rest of the guys, you know, don't do something real well. They might not run real well, they might not feel real well, uh, but they, they do do something well or they wouldn't be here, but there's very few guys that have got 100% of ability, you know, and the other guys uh, have really had to, to work hard to, to get to the big leagues, and they have been lacking something, and uh, they've been able to overcome that to get here. So you really don't need, uh, you know, 100% of ability to be a big league ball player. And it's, uh, I think that would be the thing I would try to tell a kid to keep in mind. You know, if he doesn't do something real well, well, try to work on it. If he's not a good feeler, try to work on that. that obviously, the hardest thing in baseball is to, is to hit, I guess, you know. and. Uh, if you can, if you can hit, well, they can always find a spot for you. But uh, there's a lot of guys that can't do that. One last question, and I've asked each for each position. If you were evaluating a young youngster playing third base, what would you be looking for? Oh, I would just be looking to see uh, how he fielded the ball and how good his arm was or how he went after the ball. I wouldn't try to uh, say, well, you got to do this, you got to do that, you know. I would just uh, look and I, he could tell whether he had pretty good hands or not just by the way he fielded the ball, you know, and, and probably look maybe uh, how good his reflexes were or how quick he got on the ball, things like that. And uh, it's pretty hard to tell, really, uh, you know. Uh, I just think that... Uh, if you're an infielder, you're an infielder, you know, and you ought to be able to go over and play the other positions too. Brooks, I want to thank you very much.